You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. Yes, I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our guest today is Chuck Kiskaden. He's president and CEO of Healthcare Benefits and Advisors Incorporated. Are you confused by the ever-changing healthcare reform? Chuck is joining our show today to talk about how businesses can work around the confusion and create solutions to fit their needs and the needs of their employees. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live exclusively on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to the show as a podcast, we do encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. The show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Center Club, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS Protection. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, of CEOs running middle market firms to improve your decision-making skills. Chuck, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. Let's start simply. Tell us a little bit about your professional background. What, what did you do to get to the point where you're now president and CEO of Health Benefits and Advisors? Well, for the last three years, we've had Health Benefits Advisors. Before that, I was a chief operating officer for a brokerage agency here in Southern California. Prior to that, I worked for Pacific Business Group on Health, which is an employer purchasing coalition. That organization ran the HIPIC, the small group insurance products that we had here in California. I was in charge of it, changed the name to Pack Advantage. Prior to that, I worked for a number of the carriers. I was uh, with Kaiser Permanente. I was a health plan manager of three of Kaiser's regions. Here in Orange County, I was in, with FHP Health Plan when it was here before Pacific Air took it over, and I was the chief marketing officer. Uh, that's my background. I've had been involved in the carrier side. I've been involved in the employer purchasing pool side. And both those organizations were always trying to determine what's the best way to deliver good managed care and improve medical outcomes. That's a very important question and one that has become part of the national consciousness since the Health Reform Act and the, all the conversations predating it and since it's been passed. So You've been in healthcare for quite some time, and you've seen some major changes in it, I would think. That is correct. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a value question right out of the gate. Are we moving in the right direction, generally speaking, overall? Generally speaking, absolutely, we're moving in the right direction. It's a question of how long it will take us to get to the point where it's really going to have some impact. Right. Initially, it's costing more money than employers want to pay, right. and certainly more money than some people want to play when it's mandated you have to you know, have the insurance. That's uh, the bitter pill in this, right. both employers and individuals. But, you know, this law has three different legs to it. One is the health care reform. Everybody's heard about that. But there's also tax reform that most people don't realize that that's there as well. And that's the pay-or-play part for employers and the mandated part for individuals and a lot of other things. But the third part is the medical delivery system reform, which is yet to come. And I can talk a little bit more about that if you want me to. Yeah, I'd like to because I sense that middle market company CEOs are almost full of the conversation of ACA, Obamacare, call it what you will, and sort of there. They're almost like, I can't hear another conversation about it. So I don't want to lose my audience, so I want to let them know that there's actually new information. 
relative to the delivery system that they should learn about because it's it does doesn't only affect their company and their employees but it affects them and their children and and maybe the standard of living across the country at some point as well right yeah a lot of the changes seem to be just coming out dribbling out piece by piece and employers are saying hey when's this thing going to really be implemented for employers that have 50 to uh, basically 99 full-time equivalent employees it's been put off for another year they're not required to pay or play but if you've got 100 or more employees full-time equivalent employees then you absolutely are impacted january 1 i'm working to with a company right now that has 18 or 20 full-time employees and they're a staffing organization mm. they have another 400 employees that they put out into different companies that they never provided benefits for now january 1 they have to provide benefits so it has a major impact on some right now right and we're going to get to all that ladies and gentlemen because i'm talking with chuck kiskaden he's president and ceo of health benefits and advisors incorporated but before we get there chuck tell us a little bit about your firm what is it that you do, and what makes you different? Why do clients choose to do business with your firm over other firms that purport to do something similar to what you are offering? Traditionally, insurance brokers, whether it's in the small group market and or the uh, mid-market, which was basically employers 50 to 1,000 or so, the small group market was really pretty easy work for a broker before healthcare reform. They just basically got a census, got a quote, took it to the employer, and they came around next year at renewal time. Can No longer can do that. Now employers really want to know how they're going to be impacted by the Affordable Care Act. Are there things they need to do to make sure that they're covering their rear ends, basically, because you can get upside down in this real quick and have some major penalties. Mm. Employers don't want that. The CFOs absolutely want to make sure it doesn't happen within their companies. So they need a consultant. They no longer just need an insurance broker. We are insurance consultants. Yes, we're insurance brokers as far as the way we're paid. We don't charge any extra, but it's consultants is what employers need now. Information, isn't it? Information. It is. And not only good information, but timely and information that they can depend on. Right. And it's sort of taking everything and making it relevant the parts of it that are relevant for them, relevant for them, right? That is correct. Because you just said, if you have less than 50, one thing. If you have 50 to 99, it's another thing. If you have over 100, it's a, it's, it's like, that is okay, that's, that's just one aspect of the complexity that's inherent in any major legislation that gets enacted when then you layer on top of that regulations and enforcement underneath that, right? That's correct. This is a huge endeavor that has been undertaken. That is correct. With dramatic changes to the way to the norms of what we've done and and an area where chuck i think one of the things that has been lacking historically in this country at least as it relates to our health care system is this understanding of marketplace that there's a cost that there's a expense that this stuff has you're a consumer of a service that you that somebody is paying for and and to me it, it i think the silver lining might be that it may be a difficult conversation for us to have, and it may, we may not like the answers, but at least it's forcing us to begin to realize, well, what does it cost to go to the hospital for a day, and what does that procedure cost, and how do they charge us for these parts? Stuff that we, we know on our car when we take our car into the dealership to get repaired, but on our body we go to the hospital because we never saw the invoice. Who cares how much it costs almost, right? That's that is, my bias. Uh, I'm in, not putting that on you, but that's just my philosophy. Well, I, I speak often on this subject. Um, in the next month, I'm speaking to CalCPA 
on the subject of the Affordable Care Act. And a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to the Pasadena Professional Women's Association. Speak to a lot of groups on this, and usually that's the question. What is this law going to do for me personally or to me personally, quite frankly? Right. Mostly it's what's it going to do to me. Right. And folks, when they hear that there's some parts of this law that are still being rolled out, and that is the healthcare medical delivery system impact of this law electronic medical records across the country for all employers and all people that go in for health care, the development of new delivery systems called accountable care organizations where the government and or a carrier will pay one lump sum for somebody that's got a heart problem, and that has to be managed by this organization that's an organization pulled together of hospitals and doctors and deliveries, you know, the pharmacy system and et cetera, and they get one payment. Well, these there's about 250 of these already in place across the country. They're already proving they can deliver quality care, beating normal benchmarks for medical metrics and also saving money wow. so long term this law has an impact short term it's costing a lot more money than <laughs> anyone ever thought and it's so complex there's a lot of heat and a little bit of light yes in these conversations that's true and it's really and i, and I don't want to lose my audience today by thinking that well i can't listen to this guy because he's coming from a perspective that i can't respect or i don't agree with i would ask you to stay with us because that's sometimes when you learn the most about something is when you're accepting of ideas that seem contrary to your belief system so we're all about peer learning here on critical mass radio show chuck Kiskaden is our featured guest today we have him for three segments one of them is in the books ladies and gentlemen we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about how middle market companies need to understand the health care needs of their employees and we're going to get that from an expert and that is chuck so stay tuned we'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors can we talk about your family business You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive For generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Today's businesses are embracing voice over IP telephones and unified communication desktop technologies to more effectively communicate and collaborate with their customers, suppliers, and colleagues. The Reliatel management software from Tone Software Corporation helps organizations of all sizes manage their communications technologies to ensure great voice quality and better levels of service and reliability throughout their business. Through Reliatel, you'll gain higher return on investments from VoIP and unified communications technologies while lowering the associated operational support and maintenance costs. Learn more. Visit www.tonesoft.com or call 800-833-8663 for information on Reliatel by Tone Software, the solution for quality business communications. I'm speaking with Sadir Chatalavada, Chief Culture Officer for Commercial Bank of California. Sadir, can you share with us the unique culture your bank has? Absolutely. As a former operating officer and a strategy officer, I believe and we believe culture is at the heart of everything. 
Culture is not what we say, but what we do. Happy, engaged employees clearly translate into better products, better services, better innovation, and more profitability. And in the process, we build a purposeful organization. So purpose and profitability go hand in hand. Professional achievement and personal fulfillment reinforce each other. That's what we believe in. That's what we practice. That's what we do here at Commercial Bank of California. Culture is at the heart of everything. It drives performance, happiness, engagement, innovation. And we work really hard, starting right at the top with the leadership team and the management team in practicing what we preach. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-431. 7,000, or visit us on the web at www.cbcal.com or at our new headquarters at 19752 MacArthur Boulevard in Irvine. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and Chuck Cascaden is our guest. He's president and CEO of Health Benefits and Advisors. We're going to be back to him in a minute. But before I did that, I just want to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 16,000 episodes during the last 30 days. And we here at the program appreciate your continued and your growing support of our program. All of our shows can be heard live here on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, spelled S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com, and over 200 business-oriented websites whose previous guests have been on a radio show, and they put the player on their site to allow people to hear the radio interview, as well as various business-oriented podcasting services. Okay, Chuck, before the break, I said we were going to talk a little bit about how do you help clients of middle market companies to understand their health care needs? I mean, it, it, it is... It's not going to get any more simple, is it, in the future? I mean, I think we're in the middle of a long-term redesigning of our health delivery system in this country, aren't we? Absolutely. It's definitely a redesign. The first thing that comes to mind is the impact on the delivery systems itself. The carriers came up with whole new networks of doctors and hospitals because they needed to come up with less expensive products to sell and put into the insurance exchanges. Are they rebranding the existing or are they creating new alliances they're taking, what's existing? They're taking they the that? existing network, okay. negotiating with the providers to get lower cost providers into one smaller network. And those are the networks that you find that people have to have for a choice. If you go to the insurance exchange and you want to have the health net network, for example, it may not be the full health net network. It may be a much smaller one where providers have agreed to less cost. And that's one of the biggest challenges right now that the Department of Insurance has is making the carriers come back to full networks. We've all heard about that recently. And I've, I've had employers at work that are my clients that, stayed with the same carrier, switched. Their employees had to change because the doctors weren't in these new networks oh that goodness. were in the full network. But they, the employer didn't think they were making a change. The employer, the employer had no in- interest in making a change. Well, they were you know, guaranteed to keep your same benefits and yeah, doctors. Right. It's not happening. Wow. So it's the industry trying to figure out how to 
develop offerings that fit the mandates and the regulations? Yes, it's the industry trying to be competitive, and price is the issue in this industry. Healthcare, when it comes to your insurance broker, you're looking for people that are going to provide you service you want, that are going to, you're going to feel comfortable that you're getting the best product, most comprehensive thing, and the product that your employees are going to appreciate for when you're trying to retain employees and or recruit new ones. That's our job as a broker. But when you start providing the delivery system, then you really are concerned about what doctors are available and how much disruption is there going to be when my employees try to seek care. That's what's underneath all this that is still bubbling to the top. Right, because it's an interesting challenge because the employer of a middle market company wants to offer, I think generally speaking, the best health care they can to their employees at a price they can afford. Exactly. We've rapidly reached a tipping point that of a critical mass where so many people, employers have transferred costs to their employees already, uh, lower benefits, more co-pays, more out-of-pocket costs on a monthly basis. They've reached the point they want to provide the best product they can, but they've been forced to do this just because of the cost of health care. Right. And that's where we're at. Right. Now it's the only way to get cheaper health care is to have smaller networks, less choice for people when they want to go to the doctor or the hospital. And that's reaching a point where employees are saying, hey, I've had enough of that. Right, because if you have transmission problem with your car, you can choose varying levels of people to help you fix your car. You can go to a dealer, and they have expertise. You can also drive into Amco, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a different cost expectation that I think most consumers have, and there's levels in between, right? There is your transmission specialist who works in your neighborhood who understands how to fix your car. And you decide, as a consumer, who do I think has the best value equation to fix my car you can definitely shop i want my car fixed and i don't want it fixed poorly right i really want it fixed so i'm not going to go to somebody who just charged me a price and it's not going to work i mean i'm willing to pay the fee it sounds like in the healthcare delivery system some of that consumerism may be starting to be adopted by the industry that i'm not sure we've always had the situation where when you go to your doctor and he says you need care you go where he sends you right or she wherever they send you Now the doctor's options of of where to send you are becoming fewer and fewer. The insurance carriers, through their managed care practices, designate where you have to go. You sign on to that because that's probably all you can afford. HMO, managed care, is most of the masses are in these products, and they agree to being directed by these physician gatekeepers. And that's just part of it. That's not going away. That's probably the future of healthcare. Yeah, but when you enroll, you can, you can choose to say, I'm going to, and I don't mean to uh, tarnish a brand here, I'm just going to use these examples to keep the uh, analogy going forward. I'm going to use the network that gives me kind of an AMCO, AMCO level of service, or I want to be in a plan that gives me access to all of those people, and I also want access to the dealership if I want to go there to have that work done. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand so, what you're so saying. You might Usually take- it's not quite that clear okay the employers have the option to offer different levels of products to their employees they can have access to that cheaper chevy or if the employee wants to buy up and pay more money on a monthly basis they can go out and have the full network which is more of the old cadillac or some some network like that but the employees buy up usually the employees don't have a choice unless they want to pay more money to do it right but that's the choice they have and that's the choice we try to make available through all of our customers right and some people will pay more for that service because they value it more but they need to be informed of whether the trade-offs because you can't get the high level service 
paying the bargain basement price. You absolutely cannot. But, but I think our dynamic in this country has been historically, we want the best care available to us, regardless of the price, because we're sick. Well, prior to the last five or ten years, everyone was insulated from the cost of health care. Yes. It's only because of this cost transfer where they now pay out of pocket, pay more if they want better access to doctors, and or pay more to uh, have a lower copay. Right. Yes. And, and the unfortunate reality of that, and, th- and this is sort of, I think it's the facts, right? You're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And in this uh, Affordable Care Act and all this area, there seems to be a lot of facts that we choose to debate, right? We ought to try to get to just the facts on it. M- my sense is the people who might be able to opt for the, for the catal- to pay up for the more expensive plans may be the people who can afford to pay up for the more expensive plans. They either can afford to do it or they're desperate enough that they want to because they want to continue to go to the doctor they've always gone to. So they're willing to pay more to have that access or they really have a serious medical problem and they want access to the top doctors or hospitals around. Right. And the doctors are making – tell me if this is true, Chuck, and I'm talking with Chuck Chuck Kiskaden. He's president and CEO of Health Benefits and Advisors. I'm being a little selfish with his time because I'm trying to also get my head on the facts correctly, so I'm not distorting it here with the microphone. So my question for you is, are doctors choosing not to participate in certain plans because that is not a plan that they believe is is worth their time? Absolutely. I can't charge you enough for that procedure, so I choose not to be in that plan? Doctors and hospitals. And hospitals. Yes. They, they wow. absolutely are making that decision based on whether or not they think they're going to get paid the right amount of money for the quality and or of the services they provide. Right. They believe that they deserve a certain price. If the carriers aren't willing to pay them that price, they're not playing, and quite a few are dropping out of the networks. And then how do they get business? Oh, they're still... Well, one of two things. A third of the doctors that are out there are over the age of 65. They have the option, if they want to, to retire at any time. It's going to have a major impact on the delivery system. The way they get business is quite a few of them are just accepting fee-for-service. They're getting out of the managed care options, and they strictly are PPO providers where they get fee-for-service payment. Okay. So like a business that says, I'm not going to serve all the customers who might want to buy my product. I'm going to serve the customers who fit my niche, and maybe they can afford to pay my, my price. Then that's what's happening in the medical industry on the provider side, right? That is correct. I'm choosing to price myself at this service, which prices me out of other networks that won't pay my fees. That is correct. And my assumption is the lowest fees are the federally paid for fees that come through Medicare, Medic, whatever that Medi-Cal. Pro- Medi-Cal. Yes. That those are the baseline. You're not going to get anything less than what that, that payment is. When you look at statistics, normally Medi-Cal and Medicare will pay the doctor something like 55 to 60 cents on the dollar okay. of what they would receive from normal retail. Okay. So unless they have a lot of volume or they're set up just for that particular demographic, they don't right. want them. Right. Because it's okay. That's a business person making a business decision. Correct. The problem is there's an emotional connection that we have with our doctor that we may not have with our mechanic. And and I, as a broker consultant, have to explain this to the employees. My employers expect me to explain to their employees these new networks, what they have available, and how they access them, and the best way to make that work for them. These people want to have good care for their families. They want their their families to get involved in wellness programs, to get engaged and take care of themselves, have better medical outcomes. We have to help them find the right people. But there's no... We've got two minutes left in this segment. I'm talking with Chuck Cascaden. Time's just flying by here, Chuck. I'm sorry. But I don't know that there's a direct correlation. You tell me you're more the expert, clearly, than I, in your field, between 
a doctor who's willing to take 55 60% of the dollar and the one who wants 100% of the dollar. That the service and the care that you get from the person who's willing to take the lower price doesn't necessarily tell me you're not going to get as good of care as if you were going with somebody who's a higher-end I'm not sure I agree with that. Really? I think what I would say is that if you're going to go to the doctor that's willing to accept the 60 or 70 cents on the dollar, you're probably going to be sitting in a waiting room with a whole bunch of people. Okay. You're going to give up access. Okay. I don't necessarily think that maybe the quality of care is any different. That's the point. But the service levels are going okay. absolutely going to be poor, much poorer. Right. Okay. So I go to Costco and I put my stuff in a box. They don't put it in a nice bag. Okay, that's a trade-off. I buy way more than I need, but I get the price that I want. Consumers will find the the value proposition that services their model. And I and, and and as long as if I get a heart transplant, the work that is the technical work is as good when it's done as at another place, relatively speaking. I recognize there are some very high-end gifted surgeons who, you know, who are world renowned, but I'm saying on average if if the process to get to that is a little more painful to get to it, but when I finally get to it, it works, then I think that is what's most important. It, it's a different than if you went there and they, they put a baboon heart in you or something or they did it wrong, right? I mean, <laughs> as long as the quality of care is there, then you have to realize you're making a cost-value trade-off. Absolutely. We're introducing competition and market forces to the healthcare industry, which has previously been insulated from that is correct it, it's it's been an internal argument between the health care providers and the medical and the, and the insurance companies that, right they've negotiated and the government's tried to get in there to keep make sure that there was kind of fair and even playing field but it was really an inside game i agree between I, the yes. industry yes it was. the consumers were like on the sidelines just letting them fight it out well again they were insulated they just paid their price and the employers made some options to them and the options usually were very comprehensive right they're no longer comprehensive right all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, you may or may not be gritting your teeth in this conversation, but I hope you're still listening, trying to figure out where we're going with this conversation, because Chuck has demonstrated to me that he can handle just about anything I throw at him and bring it back to a relevant term that you all get value from. So I, I trust you're continuing to listen either live here on octalkradio.net or as a podcast on iTunes, Stitchers, and Spreaker.com, or maybe off of Chuck's website. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to take our second commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We'll be back with Chuck Kicks-Caden after these words from our sponsors. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review 
your strategic plans and tactical goals and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO peer groups. CEO peer groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. SNH Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, uninitrile, and Viton. Our quality system is ISO and AS9100 approved. Over our 47 years in business, the SNH brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let SNH be your ceiling solution. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Chuck Cascaden, President and CEO of Health Benefits and Advisors Incorporated, is my guest. And before I get back to him, I just want to let you know that our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on a radio show is the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our program. And with our exclusive and unique prospect engagement program, Critical Mass Radio Show delivers up to 23 warm prospects to each of our advertisers each year. If you'd like to learn more about this wonderful program and how you can use it as a business development program, contact our VP of Sales, Rose Chamora, at 951-515-4661. Her number is 951-515-4661. Call her right now if you're listening live. I know she's at her desk making calls, so you might get her voicemail, but I'm sure she'll call you back and can explain our program in much more detail. Okay, Chuck, I said earlier... You're entitled to your own opinions, but not your own facts. So let's let's just kick a couple facts around with the time that we have left here on Critical Mass Radio Show. One of the interesting uh, statistics, percentages that I hear, is that a very high percent of the medical costs that we have in this system are really to treat what we would, would be considered and are known as preventable diseases. Absolutely. It's not only preventable diseases, but... Costs that shouldn't be there because significant duplication of services. The statistics, and they're very uh, solid statistics, are that probably 30% of the money that's spent in this country did not need to be spent for anything related to health care. Duplication, uh, services that were poor quality services had to be repeated, etc. 30% is, is abusive abuse of the money. That's a significant percent that the, that I assume the Affordable Care Act and the follow-up regulation is attempting to manage through the performance metrics in the delivery system. Yes, the performance metrics. uh, Physicians now in the future will be paid on the quality of care they deliver. If they don't meet certain uh, metrics for delivery, i.e. benchmarks, and they fail those, they'll be paid less. If they uh, exceed them, they'll get bonuses. Hospital payments also being uh, realigned exactly the same way. 
it's pay for performance and it's medical outcomes improvements that are the drivers of this. So the thing, I love everything up to the point of thinking who the heck is going to be responsible for making those decisions. And unfortunately, we've seen demonstrated examples in the recent past of bureaucracies not really being up to the challenge of truly and honestly living to the spirit of the regulation. Well, especially when you start talking data and metrics and numbers, it's garbage in, garbage out. If they're not capturing the right information, if they're not holding people's feet to the fire for improving quality, which this does, but it's long-term changes, nothing immediate. If the industry can game the regulators, that's a problem. If the regulators are not as competent as they could be on the other side of the industry, that's a problem. And if the industry provides the talent that become the regulators, you have another problem, right? And that's why we have a prop in front of Californians right now where the Department of Insurance would have the say-so on the cost of health care premiums, mm-hmm. should they or should they not. That the, So that you're talking about who's gaming whom. That's one of the things before the public right now. Right. And so I think people have to read and understand. This is a very significant part of our economy, right? I forget the exact percent, 12%, 17% of the... It's gl- rapidly closing close to 20. Oh, my God. So 20% of our overall economy is tied up in health care, right? Yes. And so if it's an inefficient delivery system with, with, with abuse or expense that shouldn't be paid, that becomes more and more significant over time. And as this country ages, I'm sure you know the statistics, I'm sure it's, it's projected to become even more part of our economy going on, right? Oh, absolutely. Because everybody starts getting sick around 60, 65, and now everybody's living longer. We're not getting sick later, so now we're sick for a longer period of time and using more services. So that baby boom that's moving through is going to have a significant impact on access to care as well as the cost of care over the next 40, 50 years. Which is why we have to attack it now. Absolutely, yes. There are some structural things that have to be done, and and I think the responsibility of industry is to make sure that government and the regulators are doing the right things and are competent in their job. We can't step away from that responsibility of regulate of the regulators watching over the industry. You know what I mean? The consumers have to stay involved in that because I think if we just turn a blind eye to it or we trust that it's going to work or we just assume they're going to screw it up, they're going to screw it up. You know, there needs to be kind of engagement of a society around this conversation to make sure that we got a level playing field here. I agree. Uh, on the short term, we have to engage people to be well to do the right things. As you're probably aware, when it comes to children, as far as pre-diabetics for children, it's it's close to 50% of the kids under the age of 18 are pre-diabetic. They're presenting themselves. The Affordable Care Act has certain programs built into it for getting into diabetes and tracking it and trying to find ways to improve it, but we have to change our lifestyles. I know much older people who were pre-diabetic, and when they took seriously what their doctors told them to take control of their condition, they can reverse that. Well, they... it, it can be reversed, but kids don't listen. Right. So parents have to change right. the, what they're allowing kids to eat, getting them to exercise, and being better um, mentors and le- parents. Right. It's undeniable, when you look at the statistics, that we are becoming a less healthy nation for a variety of reasons. And age is one of them. But our diet and just exercise, and there's a lot of contributing factors that we need to look at this as a holistic issue, which manifests itself in the bottom line on your monthly payments that you have to make for your medical. Because Absolutely. 
everybody, we're all in this together, ladies and gentlemen, and we need to take our individual responsibility. You know, one of the other things we talked about was how dramatic health-related issues and expenses are to bankruptcies in this country. We just a few minutes left, and I'm talking with Chuck Kiscaden. He is president and CEO of Health Benefits and Advisors. So in the three minutes or so that we have left, can, can we just spend a couple minutes on that? Can certainly, you share us the certainly. facts? Everyone, normally when I give the presentations regarding the Affordable Care Act and I mention some of these statistics, then I say, how many bankruptcies do you think are caused by individuals and families and people that just can't pay medical bills? And the numbers are, you know, people usually guess, you know, 30 40%, when the numbers are actually 70% of bankruptcies seven, seven zero. are because of people having to need medical care and not having the money to pay for it. And, and I think that, and this is, a, this is an opinion, this isn't, I don't know this for a fact, you tell me if you have that level of detail, that, that that's not just affecting the lower income people in this country, that affects middle class people as well. Medical expenses can overtake your savings in very short order, right? Absolutely. For example, one of my clients, and it wasn't the employee, it was a dependent of an employee. They had twins. They had severe medical problems, and each baby cost a million dollars the first year. Wow. If your insurance didn't cover that, in this case, that was before, now Medicare, or excuse me, medical insurance because of the Affordable Care Act cannot have any maximums or limitations on coverage. At that time, they did. And this family easily would have been into bankruptcy right? if it didn't uh, wasn't picked up by their insurance, by their employer. Right. And, and that's, that's the part where I think everybody, I would like to think that we could all agree that catastrophic illness should be something that is figured out beyond the individual's means, right? That, that if you get into a catastrophic situation, there needs to be some type of support. Because I don't know how many people can really deal with that level of expense. Yeah, and, and I think your point perhaps is leading to the fact that what other alternatives were there in, in, in addition to this Affordable Care Act change? Yeah. We could have probably just had something like a single-payer system, or we could have had something that had a catastrophic stop-loss so that anyone reached the point where they were close to bankruptcy, then it stepped in. We didn't have to make all these changes. This law makes massive changes to the entire insurance industry, right. the delivery, the financing, and the tax side. Right, which may in the long run prove to be the right way to do it, but in the near term, it is be very problematic. And in the long run, it may not improve, may not to be the right way to do it. I, I don't know. I'm not making a value judgment. Well, I'm just short term, the, uh, the budget it. office has already said that the savings from the Affordable Care Act exceeded their projections. However, if you were an employer and you had to pay the bill this year, and 5% of that bill was not even related to health care, it was because of money the insurance companies have to pay $8 billion this year back to the government to help pay for all the subsidies that people are receiving. There's a lot of things in this that cost employers that have nothing to do with providing health care to their employees. That's what burns. That's the part that employers really don't like. Right. And, yeah, I, there's this idea of shared sacrifice, and there's idea of fairness, and, the, and they're... Unfortunately, we are trying to solve a really protracted, ingrained, significant challenge in our economy. I agree. We're, we're trying to keep the delivery system like it is, keep the insurance carriers and the payment system like it is, and at the same time redesign the whole system. <laughs> that's a recipe for yeah. disaster. Yeah, that's, that, that feels a little daunting to me. Yes. Okay, so if, if people have listened to this entire thoughtful conversation that you've given to us today, Chuck Cascaden, and they want to learn more about you, your firm, Health Benefits and Advisors Incorporated, 
Where do they go online to find you? They would go to our website. Our company name is Health Benefits Advisors. That's benefits with an S and advisors with an S. Healthbenefitsadvisors.com. And or they can contact me directly, just Chuck at Health Benefits Advisors. And I'd love to have that dialogue. If they have groups that would like to have this presentation and a discussion on the Affordable Care Act, again, contact me at the website and or directly. Love to come out and talk to them. I think you've clearly demonstrated to me, Chuck, that you can take this very complex issue and begin to make it relevant and real to business owners and middle market companies. I hope everyone listening would consider the opportunity of talking with Chuck to learn more about how do we make this work for everybody involved? Anyway, we're going to have to take our commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We'll be back with uh, with me in the studio in just a few minutes, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up, Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. UPS Protection has been protecting systems in the U.S. against brownouts, blackouts, and poor quality power for over 25 years. We provide power protection systems, including UPS, lighting inverters, generators, and service for clients from coast to coast. We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download the radio show as a podcast. Over the last 30 days, you've downloaded over 16,000. I know because I just checked this morning. Over 16,000 episodes of the Critical Mass Radio Show. You've picked it up from iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, off my website, CriticalMass4FORBusiness.com, CriticalMass4Business.com. You can find the show on hundreds of middle market companies' websites where we've had their CEO as our guest, and they've been so proud of the interview, they put it on their website, and you can listen to it there. And you can also find it through a variety of business-oriented podcasting services. But, of course, all of our shows are live, stream live on octalkradio.net, and we're broadcasting from their state-of-the-art studios here in a text-based facility. I wanted to share two audio files that I collected from visiting different but similar nonprofit events in the last week. The first one I want to share with you is from last Friday's Women Helping Women Breakfast. 
It was a great opportunity to hear Sheriff Sandra Hutchins talk about the importance of finding employment and how valuable jobs are for people's self-esteem, especially people that are leaving the Orange County jail system, how it's a critical determinant in their ability to stay out of jail in the future. And it was a very powerful message that Sheriff Sandra Hutchins delivered. And by the way, Sheriff Hutchins will be a guest here on Critical Mass Radio Show here a little later in the year, uh, a little later in this month of October. But the interview that I have that I want to play for you is just a short one, and it's with the CEO, Janie Wilicki. She is CEO of Women Helping Women, Men to Work, and she's talking about the event. They deliver 90% of the every dollar they get delivers service to the people that they help. They helped over 6,000 people, this is Women Helping Women, in 2014 to help find jobs. And when they help a person find a job, the average increase in their income is over 300%. Significant work done by a great organization that is also partnering with Orange County to help the Orange County Sheriff's Department find jobs for recently released um, people. And so I just want to take a minute and ask you to listen to my short interview with Janie Willicke from The Breakfast at Women Helping Women. I'm here at the Women Helping Women Employment Breakfast with the CEO of the organization, Janie Wilicki. Janie, tell me a little bit about this morning's breakfast. Good morning, Rick. Well, this is our annual friend-raising event for WHW, where we invite people to learn more about our employment success program and how we're making a difference in the lives of job seekers. Let's talk about your employment success program. There are some pretty impressive numbers that Women Helping Women have been able to help people in the Orange County and Southern California community. Tell us a little bit about what you've been able to achieve over your years. Sure. So uh, in this last fiscal year, we achieved a record number of clients served with nearly 7,000 clients. Um, The thing that I'm most excited about is the impact that we've had. So in the last couple of years, we've really... um, revamped our um, outcomes measurement program and with our job seekers who have secured employment they have earned an increase in household income of over 300 percent you know our mission is about uh, empowering job seekers to achieve economic self-sufficiency and with an increase of household income of 300 percent we're pretty excited about telling people that our programs are really making a difference that is a significant difference, and I know that you've broadened your reach because of the recession and the people that were in need for your services. But let's talk about your keynote speaker for this morning. Sheriff Sandra Hutchins is here. I bet she's going to give us a good talk. How did you get her to speak today? So uh, Sheriff Hutchins is a great supporter of WHW. Uh, we actually partner with the Sheriff's Department with their Great Escape Program and Probation and Parole. Um, one of the challenges that people have when they're incarcerated once they get out is the recidivism rate is so high because employers just won't hire anyone with a felony on their record. And so when I first came to WHW, we met with the sheriff and shared with her our programs, and we've really been able to expand our reach into that community uh, and really helping to um, help people that once, once they're back from incarceration to really get back on their feet. And she's just always been incredibly supportive of our programs, and we're so excited to have her with us today. Janie, thank you for your time and great success with your breakfast this morning. Thank you, Rick. She's an excellent leader. Uh, We've had Janie on the show. I've lost count now, but um, I think the work that Women Helping Women is doing to help people of all socioeconomic levels find work and gainful employment 
is well worth supporting. I would encourage you, if you're not familiar with WHW, to Google them, learn a little bit more about women helping women. Maybe it's a place that, as an employer, you could look for new employees or as a um, uh, someone who wants to support the organization. They have job skills training and quite a number of different services they offer their people in addition to wardrobe. So if you've got some of those suits that just don't work for you anymore, maybe they're a little tight in the waist or, you know, whatever, you just don't feel the same way about them, I would strongly encourage you to consider donating your gently used equipment or clothing to Women Helping Women. All right, the second audio clip that we're going to play in a minute is from a, another nonprofit organization that we've recently featured here on Critical Mass Radio Show. The name of the organization is Get Up 8, and I was invited. I couldn't do the in-studio interview because I was out of town, and uh, Janice Davis handled the job very well. I listened to the interview. I found it fascinating. The two founders of Get Up 8 invited me to attend one of their fundraising events, and I really love their business model. It's a nonprofit. They find specific individuals who require help, and they build fundraising campaigns to specifically help that individual. One of those individuals was featured on Saturday night um, and at Dave & Buster's in Orange, and I went to that. I was invited to go with my wife, and we spent the, the, the evening there. It was a very uplifting uh, opportunity to see a, a gentleman who was the, recently diagnosed with leukemia and who was coming to grips with the care and the cost of, of fighting that disease. And um, one of the most exciting things that came out of that was it was a very successful fundraising event that the recipient, who would have been the recipient for the for the money, actually asked Get Up 8 to organize a bone marrow donor event in December with that money so that we could extend and expand the donor pool of bone marrow for bone marrow people who need bone marrow. So to me it was such a unbelievable giving and, and just on, on many different levels. And so here's a um, short audio interview that I did with the two founders of Get Up 8. I'm at the Get Up 8 event tonight, and I'm speaking with... Tatsuya Fushimi and Ryan Okita. So what happened here tonight, gentlemen? Uh, we put on a great event for uh, a great friend of ours, a high school friend of ours named Alex Tung, who's uh, battling leukemia. And we have a great, great, great turnout. So how much money do you think you've raised? Um, well, we're hoping, our goal is 25000 so that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> It seems like you had a several hundred people here this evening. Uh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. And, um, you know, a few people started trickling in, you know, toward the end. But uh, uh, it's a it's a packed house, basically. And so it sounds like after tonight you're going to use this event to launch a larger event for bone marrow donors? Yes, absolutely. So the plan is to parlay the money that we make from this event to create the, the largest bone marrow uh, bone marrow drive ever. So, I mean, that that's our goal, and that's what we ha- hope to do, um, just a, have a free event where everyone can come, have a good time, uh, register at the, with the, at the marrow drive if they haven't already, um, you know, have some entertainment some food and just have a great time um, but just to use this funds to create something great and in, uh, in a huge uh, bone marrow drive we're gonna have to really cover that in December I understand it's gonna be December is that right that's uh, that's the plan currently other details are to be decided so you have to stay tuned here on critical mass radio to learn about what get up is doing in December for a bone marrow drive thank you for inviting us we had a great time oh thank you so much for coming Rick thanks for your support always yeah thank you for your support it means a lot thank you have a good night. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is an outstanding example of what good karma and just goodwill will do. And I cannot employ you enough. If you're healthy, if you're under the age, I think, of 44 years old, and you're, you would be willing to be on the bone marrow registry, all they have to do is they do a swab test of you, and they you fill out a form, and if there's ever a match, you'll be called, and then you have to decide if you're willing to go through with the procedures or not. But we have an urgent need for more bone marrow, especially um, uh, with different ethnicities. There's a much lower representation of different ethnicities in the bone marrow pool, and that's really a specific effort with GetUp8, but not just with GetUp8. They're looking for all people who, who are willing to be a part of the, the bone marrow uh, program, and, and we certainly will have the founders back on the show, talk about the December event, and try to encourage our listening audience to come out, get a cotton swab, have some fun, and uh, do some good for the Orange County community. So this is Rick Franzi. I am host of Critical Mass Radio Show, saying that I want to thank my sponsors, of course, Brandman University, Center Club, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, NBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS Protection for their support. I want to thank Paul Roberts, who's the engineer of our program, as well as the team behind the scenes who make this show go so flawlessly and deliver such great, hopefully usable content for our audience. If you'd like to learn more about my business, Critical Mass for Business, maybe you want to advertise on the radio show. I think you should. Visit criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next time we get a chance to talk, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com.